What up, world? It's your past first point guard and trail Blazers reporter, Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube, five days a week, every single weekday, free on all platforms. Why not make this show your first listen every day? Tell your friends to do the same. That way, by the time you get to lunch, you'll have something to chat about. And you got a lot to chat about today. All types of Blazers news because we saw them play a summer league game, game. Shaden Sharp makes his debut. The long-awaited debut from the mystery man rookie. And we got everything we could possibly want. He played five minutes. Damn it. All right, well... (laughs) We're still going to talk about Summer League. Uh, I want to talk about Shaden Sharp, the the very, very, very little bit we saw. I thought Keon Johnson played really well. I want to talk about him. And I I think legitimately we saw some things in Game 1 of the exhibition season of games that absolutely do not matter. I think we saw some stuff and heard some stuff that are translatable and meaningful for for when the games actually do count here in the fall. So that's what we're going to do. (sighs) <sighs> let's start with, let's just start, let's start talking about Shaden Sharp. Today's show was supposed to be Sharp heavy, right? Um, Shaden Sharp hadn't played a basketball game since the fall of 2021, something like September of 2021, hadn't played basketball game. You know, got out of, got out of high school early, enrolled in college early, got to the pros, hadn't played five on five, you know, in, since Nike EYBL, and here we go. This was his chance, his big debut, and he started. The Blazers went with an intriguing starting lineup of Brandon Williams and Keon Johnson, Shane Sharp, and Greg Brown and Trenton Watford. Five dudes who were all going to be on, you know, on the roster in the fall. Like th- this was a chance to play with dudes who are going to, you know, potentially be part of his part of the plan and you know be, share the court with him when the games matter. And Shane Sharp misses his first jumper, uh, curling to the top of the key on a three pointer, and you're like. All right, all right, still, you know, still, still, still getting there, still getting there. Then he misses his second jumper when he catches the ball and kind of sees his man drop behind the three-point line. You could tell he was, from his body language, he was going to shoot it right away, gets himself into a rhythm, misses another three, turns the ball over on a fast break, but it's okay, it's okay. He hasn't played basketball in a while. He's obviously a little bit tight. He's obviously just trying to, you know, work it out, like iron out the wrinkles, all of those things. Catches the ball in the corner, sees the closeout come, beats his man baseline, but the help comes, and instead of forcing it against the help, he kind of before the he can get really stuck on the baseline, turn around, fade away, swish, nice touch, first bucket as a blazer. Here we go, let's get it going. Then he went to the bench and it was I, from from what I saw, I thought he had an elbow issue. I thought it was kind of like favoring his his left elbow. He didn't play again. <laughs> and just like that, the Shaden Sharp experiment was over. Um, you know, held out the Blazers eventually, you know, just before halftime of their first uh, summer league game. By the way, they lost to the Pistons. Uh, we are, I'm, well, let me just give you a caveat here. I don't do it in preseason and I'm not going to do it in summer league. This is not going to be a box score heavy show. Not going to be a box score heavy show. The Blazers lost a game that didn't matter. Um, it was close down the stretch, but they lost a game that didn't matter. We're, we're not going to go too deep into the box score of stuff that didn't matter. Um, I will peek at it, I promise, but the results don't matter. So Shaden Sharp goes to, go to the bench. Uh, he's 
he if he went to the back, he didn't spend much time back there because he was back on the bench pretty quickly. And it wasn't like he was spending a bunch of time. The Blazers, both Blazers, like medical staffers, Jessica Cohen and Chuck Loftus are are on the front of the bench. And they weren't, at least from what I saw, from my view on on television, the broadcast, spent a lot of time with him. Uh, You know, when he was back on the bench, he was, from my estimation, cold chilling, but he never came back in the game. And when the Blazers cycled back through subs, he didn't come back and it was clear he was probably done. And they ruled him out just before halftime with what they called a left shoulder injury. No details on that. And as I'm recording this, it's about 11.45 p.m. Uh, on, on Thursday evening. Uh, this one's going to be five minutes late for those of you who like to listen after, right after midnight. Uh, it's, um, you know, he was ruled out with his shoulder injury, the no update. Just like just body language stuff, like I have no idea. It didn't seem to be a serious injury, um, but enough of the... The Blazers are the thinking long term. If there's even the the slightest little tweak, hey, what's wrong? Hey, my shoulder hurts a little bit. Okay, cool. We're gonna take pictures of it later. You're not gonna play more basketball. They're they're gonna be absolutely the most minor physical ailments. They're gonna be very, very, very cautious. So that was it. That was the end of the Shaden Sharp experience. One baseline jumper, swish, couple missed three pointers. I think this stinks for a lot of reasons. One, it stinks for me. This is what the whole show is going to be about. Everyone should feel sorry for me. And it's number one person they should feel sorry for. Two, uh, and more more seriously, it like, you know, this was the intrigue of the Blazers summer was this is the guy who couldn't, uh, I don't think he's like the biggest swing player on the Blazers roster. I don't believe that. Um, I, I'm not sure he plays very much this year, uh, but like it, the if he was so darn good, like the best case scenario for him is that he's so darn good that they have to figure out a way to get him on the court. They just like, okay, he's 19 and he's just so talented. We have to play him. Like we have to figure it out. That's the best case scenario for him. I don't think like, I don't think he has a sort of just like a natural role based on the the roster right now. Um, he's going to be behind some good veterans and it's going to be tough for him to see the floor, but he was going to play himself into that conversation a little bit in summer league. And that intrigue is kind of gone if he doesn't, you know, Blaze play against Saturday evening. I'm not, we'll see, you know, obviously I haven't announced anything, but if they're going to be cautious, they might, they might be cautious with him because they're protecting, uh, you know, f- potentially nine years of, of shade and sharp on the team. Um, so it takes some intrigue out of it. So I, I'm, I'm bummed, like, like in sin- sincerely bummed for fans who are ex- going to get ex- a chance to be excited about this team, a team they haven't had a chance to be excited about in a long time. They, a long, 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 there's been a long time since it's been like legitimately, legitimate excitement. I guess they beat the Grizzlies right before the All-Star break. That was pretty fun. Uh, but even then, like, I don't know if that qualifies as like true excitement. This was a real intrigue that doesn't get there. And, and and moreover, this is just a bummer for Shane Sharp because he needs to play basketball. He just hasn't played that much basketball. And it, like, not that I think he needs to like sharpen his skills. Sorry for the pun, but like, not that he needs to, to, to really get a lot better. I mean, I have no idea. I haven't seen him play very much. But he just needs, I think he just needs to shake off the rust of, I haven't played a lot of five on five basketball. I'm going to play some of that now. Like that, that's why it's a bummer for Sharp. Get him out there and get him to play some basketball just because, like, he did look a little like he was acclimating himself. Get him acclimated. You know, have him play real five-on-five games. Uh, you know, he's been in Blazers minicamp, you know, a week of two days or, or one and a half um, of, you know, playing five-on-five against his teammates, uh, where reportedly he's looked pretty good. And 
since that's like, you know, and he played, he practiced with Kentucky where apparently he's pretty good, but it's like, he just hasn't played a real five on five game in a long time. The last time he played, he's playing against high schoolers. It's a chance to play against pros. The Pistons carried a roster that is like not too dissimilar from what their actual bench will look like when the games start and count for real. Um, like the Pistons played a bunch of roster dudes. They're young. Uh, this would have been a good chance to play against pros, play against NBA types. Like the starting group for the Pistons are players who will play in the rotation for the Pistons on night one, all five of them. Good, really good test. Ivy just needs to play. He needs to play. It's valuable for him to play and he wasn't able to. It's a bummer. But it wasn't all bummers for the Blazers. I, like I'm bummed by Chin Sharp. Like I'm, I'm bummed. I'm bummed. Dang. I wish, I wish we had got to see a bunch of them. And I hope he's okay. And I hope we get to see him for the rest of summer league and we will do more shows about him. I'm kidding about like feel bad for the podcaster. I'll get to talk. I get to talk a little about basketball a lot and they give me a little money for it. It's a great gig. But I'm bummed for Shane Sharp. It wasn't all a bummer though. Two players, Keon Johnson and Jabari Walker absolutely stood out to me. I thought Keon Johnson was great. I thought Jabari Walker was super intriguing. Let's talk about both of them in the second segment. But before we do that, I want to tell you about True Bill. Do you know why free trials renew without your consent? It's a business scam that's out to get you. So do not let greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill to take control of your subscriptions. It's an app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions that you don't need, that you don't want, or you simply forgot about. Truebill makes it incredibly simple. All you got to do, link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And if it's more than one tap, a Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel it for you. It's one tap or you're paying for a service, so it's zero taps. I've used Truebill and in less than 15 minutes, I got my eyeballs on all of my digital subscriptions. I was able to decide what I wanted to keep, what I decided I wanted to drop, and kind of just figure out how much money I was spending spending, uh, decided, you know, what made quick and easy decisions using Truebill. So don't fall for those subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash locked on NBA. Go right now. Truebill.com slash locked on NBA. It could save you thousands a year. That's Truebill.com slash locked on NBA. All right. Shaden Sharp. Made me a little bummed out. But you know who didn't bum me out was Keon Johnson, who was just straight up great. Very, very good. I said I wasn't going to do box score stuff. I I know that Keon Johnson had 21 points. And according to my notes here, he also had three assists, two boards, and two steals. Uh, you know, like, like the box score probably doesn't even do him justice, right? I, I thought Keon's the biggest thing with Keon early in his rookie year was just decision making. He would just make some bad decisions or make or or get himself caught and make dumb passes, take bad shots because his sort of decision making was a little wonky. I thought early in this game he was decisive and smart and made the right reads, getting himself to the rim. He hit a three pointer. He made some smart passes, even some passes that his teammates didn't convert. He made the right smart reads, like. I thought Keon was really good. He was aggressive on defense. I don't think he was always um, effective on defense, but he really got after it. And what you want to see from from him is getting after it. He brought the requisite effort to be competitive on defense. That was really, um, really nice to see. I thought he was, you know, guarding guarding Jaden Ivey at the end of the game. I thought he was, um, I thought he was good. Uh, You know, he's imperfect for sure on that end, but, but competitive and, you know, shows that he's, 
you know, has has the makings of guy who can play on both ends of the court. I thought he got to the rim. I thought he used his athleticism to get himself into his spots. I thought he made good decisions on, uh, you know, when to shoot little floaters, when to finish all the way at the rack, when to just like straight up uh, not attack and 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 get move the ball. Um, I thought I, I thought he was really good. Keon was really good. I don't necessarily see a path for Keon plays this season. Um, just because he's like a one, two, uh, like he's a, he's probably his best, like the future for like the best version of Keon as a point guard. Um, I'm not sure he's quite there yet for, for, for what he does. Like, I think he's a a small wing at this point in his career. Um, he's still developing those skills, uh, but it's like with Dame and Ant and Josh Hart and Gary Payton going to play a bunch of minutes there. Um, you know, if it, like I said in the previous episodes, if they're going to take a flyer on an intriguing young guy, Shaden Sharp seems like the dude who would like leapfrog him in the minutes. Like, I don't know that Keon has a path to play, but not having a path to play doesn't mean that he doesn't need to improve and play better and give himself some opportunities. Like you, you injuries happen, oper- trades happen. Opportunity is, um, is not a lengthy visitor. So you got to be ready when it gets there. And I think Keon took a really nice step to getting there. Um, he's got some, he's got some real bounce. Like he had a couple fast breaks where he gets to dunk on, you know, uncontested. And it's like, Oh yeah, this dude can like, this dude is one of the really special athletes. And, um, you know, even just his first step, he's just, he's an elite, he's an elite athlete. And I thought his, if his decision-making can come along, uh, which it always wasn't there. Like I think finished with a handful of turnovers, but, um, and, and a couple of just like dumb plays. Uh, but like, you know, the test isn't for Keon to play perfect. The test is for Keon to play better. And he was a Blazers best player today. He was a Blazers best player. Uh, he was really good and fun and intriguing and does some stuff that you say, okay, this is the, this is sort of the makings, the general outline of a guy who can get better. Um, I don't think Keon is going to play himself into the rotation this summer. I don't think there's anything he can do in Vegas that would play himself into the rotation, but he can play himself into the, like, if it, if you look down the bench and you need to add someone in the game, I am not worried about Keon. And I think he is inching towards that, like, Hey, the emergency guard we have at the end of the bench to Keon, he could play, he could play, like put him in there. We'll figure it out. Like he can, you know, it's foul trouble, a rolled ankle, whatever it is like, uh, as a break the glass type of guy, a great option to have on the active active roster at the end of the bench because he's improving or at least showed some signs of improving there, even with some obvious sort of growing pain warts and stuff like that. It's summer league. Nobody is perfect, but he was for my money, the Blazers best player. And on a night that was supposed to be about the Blazers 2022 draft pick, a celebration of a rookie and like really getting excited about a newcomer to the Blazers team. Jabari Walker delivered that for me. One, Jabari Walker is just shaped like an NBA player. Like he's just big and long. Um, you know, his place is like biggest player other than Luca Garza who consistently played. He's got size and length and they didn't miss any shots. That always helps finish five for five, 11 points and seven boards more than the box score stuff. His first two baskets were just reading the play and being in the right spot. Reading the base, reading the baseline as the help defense comes, you slide to that dunker spot low on the baseline from the corner all the way down. Get yourself a shot. Like he's, he he really had a good sense. He had a block shot where he was just th- there and waiting, and then he uses his athleticism. But he don't get to use your athleticism if you're not there and waiting. Like see see. Brown comma Greg, like your athleticism doesn't matter as much if you're not in the right spot to use it. And, and, and Jabari Walker, quite frankly, like just looked like someone who knew how to play basketball. 
Uh, I'm a big feel guy. Like, um, I'm maybe not like a great sort of like physical scout. Like, oh, look at this dude's hips and but but look at his knee angle compared to his ankles. Like, <laughs> that's not what I'm doing. But I've watched a boatload of basketball in my life, and I've at various times been paid sums of money to watch basketball professionally. And like, I get, I I feel that I I think I have a good sense of guys feel. And Jabari Walker has a good feel. He has a good feel on both ends. He knows how to play the sports. Um, you know, lead the. Pac-12 and rebounding and one of the top five scores in the conference, like you're pretty good. He looked good in this game. Um, Some of it is like ball go in. Everybody looks good when the ball goes in, and you know he made a three pointer and um, and and had some had his shots around the rim go in, and he was you know he had a couple a couple decision making turnovers particularly late in the game. He got himself too too deep into the paint and tried to pass out and threw it to nobody. You know. It was, growing pains but um he has a sense of how to play the game and he's the right size to be the type of player the Blazers desperately need in a weird way he sort of has a path to playing because of the Blazers just they are so limited at like dudes who could play power forward just Winslow and Nazir Little are going to play some power forward, a bunch of power forward this year, probably. Jeremy Grant's going to start at four and play like almost exclusively four. More on that in a moment. Like they just don't have a lot of dudes who are like fours, who are power forwards, could guard, could check other fours. I'm not sure Jabari Walker is that. Uh, and in my rule that all rookies are bad, I do not count on him playing rotation minutes. But like just because of the way the roster is built, he is like sort of closer to being called into action than most. Um, from You know, he's probably behind Trenton Watford, and, or he's certainly behind Trenton Watford, but he's almost certainly behind Greg Brown as well. But, like, he's just bigger than those dudes. Like, um, you know, Watford is thicker and, and maybe a little stronger, but, like, the, Jabari Walker's got real, real length, um, and real length plus feel is, like, you could probably, if you need to steal six minutes... It, you know, early in the first half or something, he seems like he could be there. I don't think he plays. Like, I think he's a two-way guy who doesn't play, but just because of the the sort of reality of the Blazers roster, in in some ways he has, there's some opportunity for him to be, to be a contributor. Obviously, a very slim chance of that happening, but like he showed, I'm, I was intrigued by him, just like, you know, reading about him and watching his highlights coming out of the draft. Not someone I watched play a single minute of college basketball whatever 20 minutes into his uh 20 minutes into his uh summer league career i remain intrigued by him i also think we learned some stuff in this brief summer league cameo not just like that Keon Johnson and Jabari Walker looked good and like there's a chance for them to sneak in on the back half of the rotation should health or other circumstances come up. I think we learned stuff about like the real basketball team, the real Portland Trailblazers are going to play games in the fall. Learned about their defense. I think we learned a little bit about their size. And in an interview in the second half, in the fourth quarter, Chauncey Billups let something, I don't think he let something slip, but he said something that caught my ear, and I'm going to share it with you to close the show. But first, let me tell you about Bet Online. Fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action, whatever it might be. Summer League action all summer long, Major League Baseball, Major League Soccer, the National Women's Soccer League, tennis, golf, combat sports like boxing and UFC, whatever it is. Head on over to Bet Online. Take advantage of this today. That's Bet Online, where the game starts. Still a pass, first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. You are still listening to Locked On Blazers. Still talking all things Blazers Summer League. 
we learned some stuff. We learned some stuff on Thursday night. One, I learned that ESPN's wild for starting a game after 9 p.m. local time. Uh, they were harping on it during the broadcast that it's like, it's 1 a.m. on the East Coast. It's It was 10 p.m. It was 10 p.m. locally during the second quarter. It was late where we were. Come on, y'all. Um, goofy, goofy tip time. Um, but no one should feel sorry for anyone for staying up late to make podcasts. Uh what we actually learned, jokes aside, I've, I've been I've been whining a lot in this episode. Feel sorry for me because I didn't get to talk about Shaden Sharp. Feel sorry for me because the game started late. Don't feel sorry for me, y'all. Just come back on, come back and listen to more shows when I'll be. I promise I'll be less whiny. I'm not whiny. I'm just I wanted to see Shaden Sharp. We learned some stuff for real. We learned things. We learned things. One. The Blazers are going to play their style of defense. They certainly did it in this one. Um, they just get after the ball. Like, they were really aggressive trapping the ball, and that is what they want to do. They didn't do it every single time down the floor, but boy, did they do it a lot. Like, I didn't chart it because I'm not a masochist. I'm not charting defensive possessions in Summer League, but I might. <laughs> you never know because this stuff intrigues me. Uh, like, they trapped the ball a whole bunch. They also switched one through five because they played a smaller lineup and they deployed a little bit of zone. Like that is the Billups plan. He wants to play a hyper aggressive defense and he wants to show multiple looks. This is what he did all year long. He kind of dialed back the trapping stuff, but it was back heavy in summer league, heavy. They were coming after it, getting after the ball. I liked it. I li like, I don't think, I'm not sure that it's like sustainable for um, the Blazers roster necessarily but certainly the coaching staff thinks that and we saw like what they do in summer league is not necessarily what they're going to do in the regular season but it's what they did last regular season and they're still doing it now and maybe even hype the cranking up the cranking up the aggressiveness even a little bit like this is how they want to play they they want to play they want to switch a bunch they want to be super aggressive on pick and rolls and then um you'll see them like switch or trap switch recover and then if you get like a bad matchup they're trying to scram you out of there so it's like if you switch onto a big and you're a little guy watch them do this they will try to scram on the back end and say okay i'll take the big guy like i'll take i'll take the big guy you get out to the corner um that takes a lot of communication something they were not very good at last year it's a big ask it's why i'm a little skeptical of them just like in general uh playing that aggressive of a defense because you got to be super connected to be that aggressive uh that's what they want to do they played a little bit of zone um, it's like reading into the summer league defense but what they we, we saw them play a little bit of zone something that billups in, uh, deployed a bunch at the end of last season they kind of just like rolled into playing a lot more zone and I've, I've asked him about it and he's told me like he thinks he thinks it's valuable he thinks like the good teams having it in your back pocket and playing it enough so you are are good at it matters they're gonna this is the defensive schemes that you saw against Detroit are the same schemes they're going to deploy when the season starts and it's for real that is real another thing we learned is that Trent Watford is still the same size as he was at the end of last season you might have guessed that he did not grow vertically at all but on the very first play of the game, the Pistons ran a handoff, like dribble handoff, that was a little bit of a dummy action for a baseline cut that was an easy lob to Jalen Duran. Trent Watford wasn't even that far out of position, but he is not a vertical threat defensively. And the and Jalen Duran is a freak. He jumped super high in the air and threw down a big old dunk because he is a powerful giant person. 
that worried me. And then throughout the sort of a little bit, like the Pistons played incredibly big with Isaiah Stewart at the four and Jalen Duren at the five. But like, that's, that's maybe like two NBA centers. Um, but most teams are going to play one NBA center most of the time. And I thought, um, I thought Trenton Watford's lack of size stood out. I don't think it was like exposed or anything like that. Cause I think he, he's competitive and strong. Like he'll be competitive and strength really matters. Uh, but there is a, you know, height is valuable. Height is, height is going to height and length is, is, is there's a reason people value it in the league. And, and Watford is, he, you know, he plays, he's a fun and weird player, but he plays on the ground for the most part, not a leaper and not a super long, long defender. Um, I worry that the way the Blazers roster is, is constructed, that Trenton Wofford is going to be asked to play a ton, a ton of, of backup five. I think even that might be what he is. Like, I think he's the Blazers backup center right now. Um, just if I had to guess, like, I think that's what they're going to do based on the style of defense they want to play. And their sort of general trust in Trenton Wofford last year. He played a bunch of backup center last year. Um, he's, he's like, I think he's the guy. I think he's going to be, I think he's, like clearly going to be ahead of Drew Eubanks when the game starts, when this games start in the fall. Um, and if the Blazers don't add anyone else, which they're very unlikely to, uh, or at least seemingly unlikely to, uh, based on my best guess, I think si- I, I've been worried about the size for, for heading in. And I see it one game in summer league and I remain concerned uh, that that seems like an issue. And I think it, it showed up a little bit in this one, just like they're not big and they're not big on purpose, like on purpose. They chose to do this signing Gary, Gary uh, Payton uh, making, making the decisions they've made. They, they are comfortable being as big as they are. Like this is intentional. This is like, whether you agree with the plan or not, this is the plan. They seem like they're going to be a little, I'm, I am, I remain a little bit worried about how big the Blazers are. Just all of their good players are under 6'10". And then Yusuf Nurkic. Uh, It's just, they don't have, they don't, okay, here's the real thing. They don't have an option to go big. Playing small is the trend in the league. More and more, I'm going to mention this in a moment here because one one thing Chauncey Billups said. It's the trend in the league. Everyone wants to go smaller, more wings, all of that stuff, right? But there's real value in being able to play different shapes. And the Blazers do not have a big shape. Like their Blazers big roster is like Trenton Watford at the four and Jeremy Grant at the three. It's a little bigger, but it's not like big. It's not actually actually big. Um, You know, it's the slide nods down to the two. uh, Something like that. Like it's... It is not like overwhelmingly large and it's not like they just don't have like a true kind of like four or five power forward who could slide in there who is who's bigger than Trina Watford. He's the guy. He is the guy. And I think his lack of sort of just like vertical juice is a limitation. He's got some skills. I thought he did not play well in this game, to be clear. I thought Trina Watford was pretty bad, um, but it's one summer league game and we are not talking about one bad summer league game. We'll worry about that, you know, at the end of summer league or when the game start. I don't think he was very, when the real game start, I don't think he was very good in this one at all. I don't think Greg Brown was very good in this one at all, but I'm not worried about them just yet. I am worried about this just like general size of the Blazers. And I remain worried about that. Speaking of general size, memorizing the Blazers plan was to go small. Chauncey Billups hinted at that as much in a fourth quarter interview. um, He sat down with the, with the broadcast on ESPN, talk with Mark Jones and Doris Burke. And they asked him about new acquisition, Jeremy Grant. And he was, you know, really complimentary of Jeremy Grant. And then he said one thing that really caught my ear. He said that Jeremy Grant, um, the way the league is trending 
that Jeremy Grant could even close games in small lineups. And to me, that is not, that is not Chauncey Billups saying that Jeremy Grant is going to play a bunch of center. But it's Chauncey Billups saying we're comfortable playing super small with Jeremy Grant at center on some at some points. They are okay going small. They're okay going small. Going centerless is, I think, different than being small, like out on the wings, which I think is actually the Blazers' problem. But not being able to have a bunch of dudes who are Jeremy Grant size, having one Jeremy Grant and not four Jeremy Grants makes them makes them smaller. But but I I think Billups really did hint at the Blazers' comfort comfort playing Jeremy Grant as a five in closing lineups when teams are going small and when Nurk doesn't make sense to finish games. We didn't really see this phenomenon much with the Blazers last year because they didn't play meaningful games. They just didn't play any. By the time they got to the point where it's like, oh, we're going to try to be competitive, they had to play Nurk because he was their second best player. There wasn't like it wasn't an option. If Nurk is you know, in the sort of like the normal run of things, Nurk is something like the Blazers' third or fourth best player. Easier to take him off the court when you have more talent than when he was like, it was him and Ant and others, um, particularly in that January stretch when when Norman and CJ were hurt before the trade deadline. Uh, we didn't get to see the kind of, um, the the potential that I we thought heading into the season was like, oh, maybe they'll close with a little bit of Larry Nance at the five. We just never got there because the Blazers never played meaningful games. I think they were in theory comfortable, but not, but never quite got there. It sounds like they're comfortable again with Jeremy Grant at that spot. You know, he played a little bit of five in Denver, uh, like in small ball looks, not often, certainly not often. He played it more in OKC uh, with like a style they wanted to play. He's big and long and um, is a pretty good, you know, at least like, like size guys, a, a good, a good shot blocker defender. He's not like an elite rim protector um, for my money. Maybe he'll, he'll change my mind after I watch him a little bit more closely this year. But um, the P- Portland is comfortable with that. Like, I think we learned stuff about the real basketball team after one summer league game that had very, not too much to do with what went, what went down on the court, but just like what Chauncey Billups said, the decisions they made roster wise and just kind of the realities of what this group looks like. I think we learned some stuff. We got more games to come Saturday night. They're going to play again. Hopefully we'll see Shaden Sharp. Uh, you know, obviously whatever happens this, the next show that you'll hear in this, in your feed, we'll have an update on the Sharp situation. So come back and listen to that one. Tell your friends about this show. We got more summer league stuff and the off season rolling along. Uh, we're going to try to, I'm going to try to get some more interviews next week. Uh, one of them fell through this week that I was hoping to, to nail down. Hopefully we'll get that confirmed next week, but more fun shows, five days a week, free wherever you get podcasts. Come back and listen to Monday's show. We'll talk about the Blazers' next uh, summer league game and, and whatever else happens over the weekend. So join me. Uh, make the show your first listen. And why not make Locked on NBA your second listen? Because they'll have you covered for everything that happens in summer league, not just Blazers stuff. Appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon.